Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Kim and I both had birthdays in the last couple of weeks. And so we've decided that we're going to have an episode kind of checking in about how we're feeling about getting older. Yep. Right, Kim? Yes, that's right, Jen. But first, you had something that's going on with you today that you were going to tell me about that you were saving up. I was saving up and really it's pathetic that I was saving it up because it's not that big. But you know how like sometimes you have a conflict with a stranger and it's the first thing that happens in your day and it kind of colors your whole day? Yes, I can have that happen to me for a whole week. But yes, (laughs) I was walking the dog this morning. I was almost done with my walk and this guy in a Jeep totally runs a a, a stop sign. He totally runs a stop sign. And then pulls up in front of a building about a half a block away, which I watch him do. A woman gets out of the car and then I go and he's waiting for her. So I go up to him and I knock on his window and he barely rolls it down. And I said, stop at a fucking stop sign, dude. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And so I banged on his car window and he's like, don't you touch my car. (laughs) And (laughs) I was like, I'll touch your fucking car. But it was just like the kind of ugly conflict that just colors your whole day like I but also sort of gets your like adrenaline going so in a way it's kind of good yes I had that situation happen to me a few weeks ago there was a woman crossing the street and I had stopped for her but she didn't actually cross she had a stroller a cup of coffee and was talking on her phone and she was like one of those 
nothing wrong with these women, but she had a very expensive like nap dress on, you know, those nap dresses that make you look like, you know, like a lady of the Canyon and like everything was like her. She had like a $2,000 stroller Mm -hmm. and she was totally distracted. And so I was waiting for her to go or not go. And eventually I started going like moving my car very slowly. At the same time, she decided to then cross the street and I stopped immediately and she banged my car. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, you have a baby and need to pay attention to what you're doing. And she told me, (laughs) fuck you. And I said, fuck you right back. And yes, it made me feel terrible for the whole day, but also weirdly exhilarated. (laughs) Yes. And I, I was, I was talking to our producer, Natalie, about how I never know, like, I always go for it. Like something happens. I was telling her about overhearing somebody say something anti-Semitic and like, I go for it. You press that button, I go for it. I'm totally going after you. And I wonder if that's the correct response. Well, I think that being emotionally impulsive, which I believe that both of us are, (laughs) is sometimes great and sometimes not. I've been watching Ted Lasso finally. I'm a hundred years late to this. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching this, I've been watching this very nice man move through the world. And the thing is about Ted Lasso is he's not dumb. Like it's I feel like the easy play for that, like so many other like writers would have made written him as a dumb character, and he's not dumb. He's just really kind. Mm-hmm. And that is so unusual to just see a kind person yeah and i wanted to i wish that with the lady in the 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 400 nap dress i wish that what i had felt was oh she must be having a really hard time to bang my car like this i wish my instinct was immediate compassion but i'm i'm not there yet sometimes when somebody really pisses me off i think maybe they're taking care of a sick parent Maybe they just lost their job. I'll try to run through all the reasons I can to maybe have empathy for them. Right. No, I know. And me too, but it doesn't work. And it doesn't work all the time. It's just like when you're in a really sad mood and you're feeling bad about yourself and it's like, well, at least I have two legs and it just doesn't work because in that moment you're, you're feeling a different feeling and you kind of need to acknowledge that first before you can move on to like the sort of better angels or whatever they say. Fair enough. I have been thinking this week a lot about um, my style because I just turned 48 and I see sort of a dangerous pattern occurring. You know how you see older women and they've just like sort of stopped at a certain point? Like they found a look and like you see this often it's like, or at least when I was younger, you'd see women who were just trapped in the 70s, like 70s, you know, eyeshadow and all of the clothes and like it looked like they bought their whole wardrobe then and they just sort of became trapped it's like a time capsule i have been thinking that maybe i'm just gonna stop here i have a pretty good like aging ceramicist early (laughs) 80s preschool teacher look going (laughs) and maybe this is it for me like i have pants that fit i'm wearing like a you know a sort of baggy-ish top with like a collared shirt popped underneath and i have it really down and i'm wearing it with like sneakers which is also a new thing and i feel like kind of like yeah like granimals um 
And I don't know how I landed here. It's like a combination of getting older and the pandemic, but I'm very comfortable and it might be it. I'm like, will I ever try a new look again? You know what? I totally get that. I totally get that because I've been thinking about it a lot too, because I have found increasingly that I dress like a boy and I like a little boy or an older boy. Like a, like a, no, not like a little boy. Not like a little boy. Like a, like a, I dress in button down shirts and chinos and jeans. Like that's okay. what I wear. That's the, my, my ex-boyfriend Seth said I dressed like a very glamorous lesbian. Okay. Okay. Which I'll I, take. I like that. I'll take it. Yeah. Not know. bad. But I do wonder sometimes like on dates, you know, like, do I really want to show up in like a button down and sneakers? I, lately I have. You know, so I, I get it. And I also think we all get a little bit stuck in the era that we first developed our sense of style. What is, what is that for you? I think it is the 90s. I think that my first style icon was my mother in the 70s. And I think that I have really, and it's like very specific 70s. It's like late seventies, early eighties, actually. It's like Meryl Streep and Kramer versus Kramer. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's a very, very specific look. And I remember like movies from that time. There's this amazing Marsha Mason movie. Is that her name? Marsha? Yep. Did I make that name? You did not. Marsha Mason. Only, only when I laugh, which was my favorite childhood film, which is a movie about an alcoholic mother and like her teenage daughter, like scrapping it out in New York city. She's a single mom and her style in that movie is impeccable. And I want, I still want everything she's wearing. So I do think I arrested kind of there, but this is something new because this is about comfort. Yeah. And I, I'm curious about how far it's going to go. You know? <laughs> well, you know, it depends. My friend Andrea has a theory that after this pandemic is over, people are going to go in one of two directions. Either they're going to go nuts with their clothes and dress way up for everything, or they're going to have taken a cue from the past year and realize that being comfortable is a lot better. Do you feel worried about seeing people out in the world? Like, do you, how do you feel like, when you think about the first party you go to when this is all over, how does that make you feel? Um, I, well, I'm excited. I want to go to a party. Like, I, that makes me excited. Does it make you excited? It makes me feel like I want to throw up and die. Why? <laughs> Why? I can't imagine being in a room of people and how overwhelming that would be. And I equally can't imagine sort of feeling or being consumed by other people in a way, in that way that happens in a party where you're all looking at each other and you're looking around and you're talking and you're engaging in a conversation and then you're moving to the next conversation. And you know, you're looking people up and down because that's just what you're doing. It's not a judgment thing, but it is a consumption, right? And I can't imagine how exposed I'll feel in those situations. I get that. But I just, but Romolini, I just thought of the most hilarious thing you said once. Um, and it was at a party. There's a reason I'm bringing this up. We went, we were both complaining about how we were fat. This is when we were at Lucky and we were both decidedly not fat, but we were going on about how we were fat. 
We were fed for women's magazines, though. I will say that. And it doesn't matter. And it's disgusting. And that was a terrible time. But for women's magazines where we everyone were. was a size zero or two, and we I was a fed. size eight. We we, I fed. was I was big for that, for that, for that world, just because of how that world was. Well, we that is absolutely true. And that is absolutely true. And we went to that we went to this domino party and you looked around and you you came running back to me and you were like, Kim, we're not fat. Look at these people. We're medium. <laughs> <laughs> we're medium <laughs> look I think that I am so happy that I hope that women don't talk about their bodies the way our generation of women talked about our bodies yeah um I feel like there was so much of my life wasted thinking about my body's imperfections and if it grew a certain size. And, you know, I was also men that I dated who were horrible. And I remember I had a boyfriend who told me that if I gained five pounds, he found me less attractive. And so oh, he really God. needed me to stay skinny. And I didn't dump him. I stayed with him for like two years and stayed skinny. Yikes. So anyway, so yes, I, I really, I, I regret so much of that, of that time. And I don't really think about my weight anymore. Only actually, I was telling you this yesterday that I don't want to be too thin as I get older. I want to actually have some heft on my body because it makes me feel stronger. Well, you know, and there's also the Catherine Deneuve quote it's that at a certain point you choose your face or your ass. Yeah. And there's that, but also like my feeling is now and also because I'm raising a daughter my feeling is that what I tell her is we don't talk about other people's bodies, right? We don't talk about other, but other people's bodies and we don't talk about our bodies in negative ways. That's so fantastic. Well, that is, that is the thing I have never, because I grew up around a mom who was constantly dieting. Me too. I don't know about you. Me Mine was too. I mean, cabbage soup diet. It was ensure. I mean, I don't even know what the fuck she was on. I'm not ensure. There was like another thing that you took that was like a shake and put up pictures of fit yes. women that she'd rip out of magazines I was about, and she put them on the refrigerator. I was about to say the same exact thing to you that I think it was, and I adore my mother and I'm not holding it against her, but I think it was deeply damaging that all, like on her bedroom mirror and on the refrigerator were photographs of like skinny women in bikinis. Yeah. It's fucking awful. Like inspo. It's, it's awful. It, and so, and I also heard her like talk about herself in really negative ways. You know, I heard her call herself a fat pig and my mom is skinny and tall. And like, she really thought, always thought she was fat. And if she gained five pounds, it was like a disaster. You know, I was, I was bulimic in high school. And then, then I started really just smoking cigarettes. And I think that cigarettes, which, you know, I loved and we've talked about, I think that they kept me really thin. Yeah. And so I didn't really have to think about it um, for a long time. Yeah. But back to the mom thing. Back to moms. I was thinking about how my mom was always on a diet like your mom and always weighing foods on a little Weight Watchers scale and everything else. Oh. And putting those pictures up and talking about herself like she was fat. And I thought she was fat. Like growing up, I thought she was fat. I look at photos now as like there was nothing wrong with my mother's body. She had a perfectly beautiful body, but because of the way she acted, I thought she was fat. Well, also, what the fuck would be wrong if she was fat? Exactly. Like that's where I've gotten to like now. Like there's nothing wrong with any of this. I can't believe how manipulated I was into thinking that anybody's body was wrong. 
Right. I'm 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 so sad about it. I mean, I've gained weight this over the ca- over the course of the last year. I've lost some of it. I I was, you know, pretty heavy over the summer and it was you know, I'm glad I've lost the bit of, you know, some weight since then, but it's be trying to be at peace with that that this is just part of what my body is going through right now. Um it's changing is, is, is really challenging, but I'm trying, you know, I'm trying and I, I, you know, to look in the mirror and get used to seeing something different in my reflection. Right. And yeah, and I'm glad to hear that because we should be able to take up more space. The entire idea that we should be thin and smaller and take up less space is the patriarchy at work, let's fucking face it, right? And I have really internalized that messaging because I was absolutely not going to pass on that dysfunction to another generation. Right. I was absolutely not. And I remember when my daughter was seven, she had gained a little weight and I now understand this is like a, pu- a pre-puberty body. They, they start to put on some, some weight and, and then they lose. Well, it doesn't even matter. And the pediatrician said to me, you know, I don't know. She's going to go into puberty earlier. If you let her keep gaining weight, you should, the pediatrician recommended to me, and this is not that long ago that I put my seven-year-old daughter on a diet. Yikes. And I was, and it was all about healthy eating and it was framed in this very, you know, oh, well, she needs to be, this is about health and she can't, you know, her BMI or is that what it's called? Yeah. Her BMI is a little high and I didn't put her on a diet. I knew better than that. Um, But I did start talking to her about like, oh, we should exercise more. And because her brain was not broken, (laughs) She said to me, that makes me, that makes me feel bad when you say things like that, that makes Mm. me feel like you think I'm not okay. And we wound up having conversations about it. And I, I've, you know, I've since apologized quite a bit. Like, I'm sorry that I was like talking to you about getting in shape. Like I didn't, I didn't need to be doing that. And that was, that was my own like messaging that I had had my whole life. So, I mean, we, we can transform these things, but it's, it's not easy. And it really takes being hyper aware of how you talk to yourself, how you think about other people, how you talk to yourself, not comparing your body to other bodies, all of it. And it's really like a deprogramming, I feel like. Yeah. And I think the comparing is so key. Women do so much of that and you, you, you just can't bodies are just different. Right. Imagine how liberated you would have been if you just understood that when you were a kid, like if you had none of that, imagine how differently you would have moved the world. If you never had the thought, my body is bad. My weight is, my weight is incorrect. Like any, imagine how much time you wasted thinking about it. Oh my God. And, 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 and like the, and, and the way that dieting, once you start dieting, you become obsessed with food in such an unhealthy way. And I yeah. think about how much time I spent thinking about how many fucking carrots I was eating. Oh my God. Or almonds. Yes. <laughs> the big almond. When there was the push <laughs> to eat almonds and it was like dry, <laughs> raw, disgusting almonds that tasted like wood. I <laughs> ate so many almonds at one point. <laughs> 
you know, the other thing I find is that as my body has changed, you know, I've, I've, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping with men all the time, but I sleep with men occasionally. And it's been really nice to see that by and large, they're pretty accepting of like what my body is, the men I've been with recently you know, in the past few years, they, 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 they're not the ones who have the problem. No, but also imagine if they fucking did like, seriously, <laughs> that's the, the problem is us even caring if they do. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. Cause think about all the ways, like the, the bodies on men that we accept. No shit. I mean, really? I think that every time I see a man with a big fat stomach walking down the street with his shirt off, you know, yeah. it's just like, where does that self-love come from and how do I get some of it? Well, the freedom with which they've been allowed to move through the world versus the way we've been allowed to move through the world and the ways that we've been complicit in minimizing ourselves and yeah, we've been complicit in our in our own misery for sure. Yep. If I really think about my life, it's one of my biggest regrets is how much I obsessed over my body. Yep, I agree. And now a word from our sponsors. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. 
Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. The other thing I've been thinking about besides my, my ceramicist look, my ceramicist <laughs> outfit, I've been reading, I don't know, did you read this thread about um, ageism in the workplace? Have you been no. reading any of this information? No. Well, there's a woman, I'm, I'm forgetting her name. There's a writer who wrote a whole Twitter thread this week about how she applied for a job at the Washington Post. And she is a writer who worked for years at the New Yorker. And I forget where else she worked, another place. And she applied for a job at the Washington Post. And they wrote her back um, an email that is the most condescending email in the world. You know, I just pull it up. It was basically like, you know, just keep on writing. We're looking for somebody who has more experience than you do. Um, just hope you keep writing. It's like oh, the God. worst. And she was a New Yorker writer? She was a New Yorker writer. So yeah, it's Emily Nunn. She was 57 years old. She was saying that there's real ageism happening, but it's actually a taboo to talk about ageism in the workplace. And she was talking about how she applied. She's published a book that was really popular and um, she took a break from staff writing and she applied for a job at the Washington Post in the style section. And it seemed like a good fit because it's what she'd covered. And they wrote her back an email that said, Thanks for applying for the open position in style. Unfortunately, we're looking for people who have a broader range of experience and a significant number of years at a well-known publication. And then they wrote, keep writing. She's 57 years old and been a writer for <laughs> decades. Keep writing. Good luck with your career. Oh my God. She just got like, she, she unbelievable. And then she'd, she'd worked for over a decade at the New Yorker and seven years at the Chicago Tribune. She was talking about how, how, mu how much she's experiencing ageism, how she cannot find a job anywhere. Like she started her own newsletter, but she can't get a job on staff anywhere. Now, look, I know a lot of people can't get a job on staff anywhere. It's a really As a writer, especially, yeah. As a writer, especially. And it's a really tough time in media. But- a woman who has that much experience should be considered for a role and shouldn't be told that she has a lack of experience, which is why she's disqualified. You know, I do think that there is real ageism and it's something I don't want to accept, but it's something that I'm, I'm starting to see more and more, particularly as I work on projects and the heads of the projects are all like 
15 and 20 years younger than I am. Yeah. Um, which starts to get really intense. And then you start to think to yourself, well, what do I do? Is this over? Do I, you know, what, what happens to me next? And I don't know. And it, it, I have a lot of, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of aspirations about what I still want to do creatively. Um, and I, I hate thinking that those, that the entry points are going to be closed. Yep. I get it. And I, you know, I have not looked, I have not looked for a job in 11 years. I figured out a way to support myself and, um, that works for me, but I also think I haven't looked for a job for 11 years because I knew what to expect. I knew like friends of mine who've applied for jobs that they'll hear they didn't get it because they're not quote unquote digital natives, which is code for being old. And I, you know, I was a print editor, so I'm a little bit of a dinosaur. And I would say that I, I, I feel pretty bad about that. I feel like I'm, I'm very grateful that I support myself with something that I built myself. But I would like to think I'd still be relevant in a workplace. And I don't know that I feel that way. Well, I mean, there's just, it's changed so much, particularly for us, right? The industry that we went into does not exist in the same way anymore. And it barely exists The industry, it barely exists at all. The industry that replaced it I have found for the most part, my experience with it and particularly the years I was doing it, I found was really not satisfying. I found digital media to be just sort of a, a, a numbers game and not about quantity, not about quality. And also we were talking about this earlier in the week when you're a creative person in business and you really get a peek behind the curtain at how the sausage is made and the decisions you have to make and the ways you have to bend your integrity to keep the business going. It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I feel like I don't, I felt so sad working so often, managing people, managing up, having to fire people, the hard business decisions, they, they were really, they really affected me emotionally. Yeah, me too. So, and, and as business and as business became more cutthroat, it became more and became increasingly difficult to think about the work and focus on the creative work. The focus had to be more on all the sort of ancillary things. You were no longer, it wasn't like Condé Nast anymore where there was a business side and there was like a creative side and the two didn't have to mix that much. Once you got into digital and it was so cutthroat, everybody was sort of, you had to do all of the different jobs. And I wasn't, I, I could do them, but I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like the way that, business concerns intruded on my creativity at Lucky, certainly. <laughs> I don't have anything else yeah, to say on that. I don't know. We don't have to keep talking about this. We can move on to something else. Well, I what want us, but want I want about? us, but I want us to be, I want us to leave this, this work, this work discussion on a happy note, because I feel like we're being very discouraging. We are being very discouraging. 
Maybe we'll cut this segment. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we but might... I think you've, but you've said it to me, Romelina. You said that, that, that the person you were talking to said to you, I've told you a million times, you've got to build something yourself. I realize not everybody's in a position to do that. But if you are, I think that is the solution if you're, if you're past a certain age. I think that the solution is, if there is a solution, is to not fuck around with work you don't care about, to find the thing that you truly want to do and keep pushing on that. Because eventually it might not be easy, but eventually you will find a door in. Yeah. If there is any solve here, it's getting right about what you want, what you feel passionate about, what you feel like you are good at, and mm-hmm. kind of running at at that with with what with the energy you have. Right. Yep, that sounds good. That's encouraging enough. <laughs> is that encouraging enough? <laughs> yes. I like that. What what else do you want to talk about? What else are you thinking about in this in this year of uh of one year older? I feel like this is the year I officially went into menopause. And I feel okay about that. I feel okay about that. I was someone I was one of those weird people who liked getting her period. So not having that in my life anymore has been kind of a, a, a real loss. Like knowing that my body was capable of doing this thing every month is something that, that I was attached to. But um, now I'm, I'm seeing the advantages. Tell me about the advantages. What are they? Um, well, it's cool. It's, I mean, it's actually kind of, you know, it, it mood wise, I think I'm more stable. I, I don't think, I mean, I'm lucky. I don't think I've had much depression as part of menopause I feel lighter in a way yeah I feel like I shed a skin you know I'm not entirely comfortable with the skin I'm in now I can't say that I am at 1000% peace with being in being menopausal you know but I'm seeing that I'm still a sexual person I'm still somebody who, you know, has energy and can accomplish things. I think I, you know, as much as I think I'm not relevant in a workplace, I still think I'm a relevant human being and I wouldn't go back. I just, I wouldn't go back. That's really interesting. And it's really, I like hearing it because it gives me a lot of hope. I am, I'm, I feel very much at 48, I feel very much in the middle of two different worlds. And I feel actually what I am is, you know, when you see people in a movie get sucked out of a plane and there's, but there's like, you know, before they actually get sucked out, they're holding on to the plane, you know, (laughs) I feel that I'm holding, gripping onto the plane (laughs) and, but, but Yes. And that, but that, gotta, that's my sensation. <laughs> yep. I get it. I get it. But I think that is so stressful. That's it's totally nothing, stressful. Nothing good can come from that. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, you're the person who said to me that you're beginning to find older faces more beautiful. And that's true. 
so I think that then you just have to make your own older face beautiful too. Yes. But all of this is a transition and all of it is a process. And I think that once I let go, a thing that I've been thinking about a lot is surrender. I think that once I let go and I stop gripping the plane, and obviously the, in, the, the, in this weird metaphor I've created here, the plane is my youth. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that once I let go of the plane and let myself sort of like float out, I'm going to be okay. But well, that's I'm what still, I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, mean, I'm, I feel like that's I'm what I was trying middle. to say. My body's in the middle. It's all in the middle. And I think that it's like, I, I think that it's just the transition. I mean, it's hard physically too, because I'm also having a lot of very intense ups and downs, mood wise, physically, heat wise, like all of it. I'm still getting my period. Sometimes I get it like twice or three times a month. Sometimes I don't mm. get it for two months. It feels like my body is glitching. And so the whole thing is physically and emotionally a transition. And eventually, yeah, yeah I'll probably let go totally and be like, oh, cool. Not let go, but I'll be like, oh, cool. All right. I'm just like, I'm a cool lady post <laughs> perimenopause. This is fine. But I think that this is, it's first off, it's fucking, we've talked about this before. I think we have, it's unexpected. Nobody prepped me for how weird this was going to be physically and emotionally. I had no idea that what perimenopause was going to do to me. I'd only heard about like, it only seen like those terrible Hallmark cards where the lady also looks like she's 30 years older than I am. Like, and mm -hmm. the, the ladies that you see having hot flashes, you're like, wait, that's an old lady. And you're like, I'm not an old lady. So it's complicated because it's complicated culturally. And there's a lot of like shame around it too, you know? And it's like, oh, all you think of is like this dried up barren womb or like, what's her name? Is her name Roxanne? Who's the Hallmark lady? Who's just Maxine? Who's just like, <laughs> it was just like, here I am. It's so hot in here. I'm on fire. You know, it's like <laughs> gross. And Picturing yourself as that thing doesn't work, but knowing that something's changing is weird. So anyway, I am heartened to hear that the other side of this, this passage. <laughs> well, you know what, you know what, one of the things that makes it challenging for people like me and you, Romolini, is that we're kind of like, I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but we've been interested in youth culture in our lives and yeah, we're you know, fucking a, immature. We're immature. We're, yeah, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. We're immature. <laughs> yes, just so, say it out loud. We're fucking immature. Yes, and frivolous. That's who I am. Yes. <laughs> but, but we're still, like, we're still a little stuck in thinking that we're 17. You know, like, I still sort of feel like a 17-year-old fuck up. So how can I also I feel like a, not I feel like a 25, 25, to, I think I'm forever, like, 31. <laughs> huh. Well, my friend Will has a theory that we all have an age when we're the most ourselves. I think that's true. I think that's true. And that's when yours would be? That would be your age? I think it would be 31. I mean, and not like, not like whatever, but like I was a young 31, but I feel mm -hmm. like I, I, I feel like I was the most, and 31 was also significant. 31 was when I, um, I started dating my husband. 31, I started working at Lucky. 
31 was a significant year for me. And I, I think I did feel most like myself, but then again, the shit I was interested in mainly drinking <laughs> is not what I'm interested in anymore. So right. it's not, it doesn't totally work. Yeah. I think I just don't want to die. I mean, I don't know. Where's this headed? Like, I think the reason I'm holding on to the plane is because I'm like, I'm not interested in death. And yeah, no, it's, 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 it's no. headed, it's headed. Ultimately it's headed nowhere good. But that's not yes. for a while. It it is true, and it is it is a like when we um, interviewed Christina Kelly and asked her how she felt about being middle aged. She said she doesn't feel like she can qualify as middle aged anymore because she's sixty, and that flips me out because I'm three years from that, and I am oh, I, I must I must continue to be middle aged. <laughs> like that's right. already sure. enough of an it's insult. Yeah, don't make me be elderly yet. But or when we oh, were talking god. to Oh god. But it's also like the things that are happening physically like I told you like I started having like hip clicks. Like my yeah. hip just like pops and clicks and I'm like where does this go? And I I'm a I catastrophize because that's who I am. And I'm like, "Well, where does this like clicking hip go? What do I am I when when am I going to need a new hip?" <laughs> I know. I jump everything I think of is gross. The other day I was like, oh, I, I, I had to pee a lot one day and I it was cause I was drinking a lot of water, but it, like, I was like, am I going to need a catheter? Like oh, I really no. just get into these. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. Don't you and know? Like into these be... dark zones. You can't do that because as my mother always says, if that happens, there will be time enough to be bummed out about it. Don't bum yourself out about it in, in advance. I know, I know, I know. Worry, what is it? Worry does what worry only takes does nothing for tomorrow, but only takes strength from today. Like some bullshit. I know <laughs> I shouldn't be like this, but I'm neurotic. <laughs> I get it. And it turns out it. like being neurotic does not like fit with aging. Like it's no. not great. No, it, it doesn't. And 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 undignified things happen when you age. I mean, I had something happen to me which I'm not going to share because it's just too much, but it was a really gross okay. bodily thing that happened. Okay. Okay. And I was like, and I was out, um, I was with my mom at, at my family's house in Long Island. And I was like, mom, X just happened to me. Does that happen? And she's like, oh yeah, that happens. Okay. Should I say what it was? <laughs> just say it. Just say it. This is so amazing. I involuntarily, okay. I involuntarily shat. Okay. 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 All right. That was a lot. It's All a right. lot. I know. I'm just telling you just a tiny little bit. And it wasn't a okay. shart. It wasn't a shart. Okay. It was just like, it okay. Just, it was just like a loss. It was a loss of control. It just came <laughs> out just a little bit, just came out. I feel like this happens to men all the time. I think that's why their fucking pants, their, their underpants are always so dirty. I think they're disgusting. Ugh. So I Ugh. think that like, yes, but I think that yes, well, this is why I'm holding on to the plane. I don't want any of this literal shit. <laughs> I know. I know. But, but the I worst mean, thing is what yes. happens when you're holding onto the plane and all the shit is happening anyway? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing, because also the tighten, like the, the stress that I'm causing my body, I think is making me feel worse, to be honest, because I'm yep. so uptight. I'm like, oh my God, like 
I've been hearing a lot about pelvic floors and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, I totally, I dropped the ball on the pelvic floor. That's just, that's a place I I haven't even gone. What does that mean? Do you, did you get the jade egg? I, what the fuck are we supposed to do here? I don't <laughs> want to fucking do kegels. I know women with kegels have magic vaginas. I know the women who do kegels have magic vaginas and can do all sorts of things and that it's better for you as you get older. But I have just, I just hate the feeling of kegels. I do kegels constantly. I'm never, I'm never not kegling. <laughs> well, now I know you have a magic vagina. I don't know if I have a magic vagina. I might have over kegels. <laughs> okay, well, we did that. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. <laughs> I'm Jim Romolini. And I'm Kim France. Our producer is the wonderful Natalie Rivera. If you like the show, be sure to rate it and review it on all platforms. You can follow the show's Instagram at EIF podcast, email us at everything is fine. The podcast at gmail.com. And you can find Kim on her blog, girls of a certain age.com. And also this is new. We have a new Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash everything is fine. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.